You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is The Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged and let your light shine. That's probably a bad yeah. idea. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to stay on the street. It's a different story. <laughs> we're in town, and I still wish I were closer in town. I was having this conversation with Chris yesterday. I was like, I want to be further in. You're going to move to Elm Street? In. Yeah, I want to be further into Columbiana. Somewhere in, with sidewalks. Like, I just want it. I want to be in it. Anyways, that idea. would be so fun if you were in town. It would be fun. <gasps> I, I was really excited. love that. Yeah. We'll pray you in somewhere. God, they need a place. The thing that Ben is really dreaming about is a homestead. He wants like <clears throat> 10 acres. I want sheep. I have a feeling like that's trending upward right now, though. You know what I mean? Like everybody yeah. seems to be wanting to do that. Yeah, everyone's like, let's get out of cities. What do you say? Well, East Palestine, <laughs> that's one of our downsides of East Palestine is that you can't have chickens there. And you like, can't in the city limits here either. either. Well, I'll look for some land. But for if you're you like then. in well, Fairfield Township, I will. At this point, I will take anything that's not in train derailment territory. I am not Deal. picky. <laughs> were you born and raised in Lisbon? Where were you born? I was born in Youngstown. Um, somewhere in Youngstown, my parents lived, and then I think they got the farm when I was. It sounds like about two because I sounded like I was a lot of trouble. You know what I mean? Like, At the farm? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like rebuilding it, you know what I mean? And I would like drop my blankies down the air. Are you an only stuff. child? <laughs> I actually have an older brother, but he is 10 years older than me, so he's really cool. Same parents? The same mom. So he's like my half brother. Mm-hmm. But that big of an age difference, uh-huh. I kind of felt like an only child. I was probably yeah. pretty spoiled. Like he said. So. <laughs> he was such a good protective big brother though but it was like once he was a teenager and i was like i'm gonna come hang out with you and your buddies that's when (laughs) you know what i mean nope yeah he's like that's not cool anymore Alyssa. he's always he's been very very cool he just had his first baby girl and so now i'm an aunt oh my god i'm so excited and all the kids are so close in age now because like his baby girl's gonna be close to harvey's age i'm like i'm thrilled how long have you and Ben been married? Okay, so we started dating in 2012, and then we got married in 2017. Like six years. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Oh my gosh, look at how many kids. God bless you. How do you do it? You're amazing. Dated for five years, and then we're married for five years, and then I was still like, I don't know if we're ever having So You guys just, wow. We wanted kids like back to back to back. And we did it. You sure yeah, did. we did it. They are a handful, but man, my heart is super full. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's worth it. It's worth it. They're hilarious. I think we're done now. I have four is just perfect One for, for our family. family. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like a two in each arm. <laughs> 
Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Eliza. It's Katya. And we are here today in the Shine Podcast studio with Alyssa Flint. Welcome to the studio. Thank you. So happy to have you here. We've been trying to get you on for a while. I saw your name on the list. I was so excited. Busy having kids that (laughs) it's been hard. (laughs) Alyssa was born in Youngstown, Ohio, and moved to a farm in Lisbon with her parents when she was two. And after her parents got divorced. She moved to Canfield, then Springfield, then Seneca, where she graduated high school from in a big class of a thousand people. Where is Seneca? What is Seneca? So Seneca is like a combination of Cranberry, PA, Seven Fields, which is technically I lived in Seven Fields and then had to go commute. Zelianople, Harmony. They like got all of the students from all of those areas and it just was one very large school. Wow. And it's very funny because like I came from from very small schools comparison. It was cool there. It was like really nice. I, everybody was friendly, but it was like a shock to me. But then it was funny because everybody else thought that they were in a small school. I oh. was like, I feel like I'm in a college campus when I'm at high school. But That's huge. It was huge. It was fun. I actually oh really liked moving around and getting to meet a bunch of different people. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. She went to La Roche College and studied ballet, performing arts, was working on a degree in ballet. I did not know this. <laughs> and three years into that, she decided ballet was going to be her minor and she was going to major in HR. She finished with an HR degree. Wow. She got to use both of those educations because she found a job doing payroll for a trucking company. And she also taught yoga. And a lot of yoga poses are similar to ballet. So she did not put her degree to waste. She met her husband, Ben, in 2012. They were married in 2017. And they moved to East Palestine around that time. They have four kids. Margot's six, Archie's four, Elliot's three, and Harvey is one. That's why it's taken us so long to get her on this podcast. (laughs) And they're all amazing. Her and Ben have been coming to the upper room since they moved to East Palestine. They were friends with Greg and Marta. Ben was actually Greg's student in East Palestine. Yeah. Greg was his teacher, and they encouraged them to come and check it out. Greg married Ben and Alyssa about a year later. She's currently a stay-at-home mom with her beautiful kids, and we're here to find out all about her today. So, so glad to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Her hobbies are gardening, mothering. That's not a hobby. (laughs) That's a job. It's a full-time job. job. Gardening and yoga. I have to hear how you met Ben. Okay. <laughs> Before we ask the deep questions. I'll tell you. Okay, okay. so. <laughs> you sound like, well, you asked. <laughs> what does that mean? Here we go. All right, so I was in, I was 21. I had just turned 21. My friend was engaged and she was having like an engagement party to celebrate. We all went to dinner and there was one guy, one of the groomsmen that I was just starting to date. You know what I mean? He had like taken me out to dinner once. He was like calling a lot. I was like, I don't know, maybe. Went out to dinner. Then she said, hey, I know this guy from YSU and he plays music and he's playing a show at Vintage Estates. And she's like, let's all like after dinner, we'll go over there. We'll listen to some of his songs. We'll drink some beer and whatever. So we all after dinner go to see Ben's show. And there I am, there's like no seats. 
in vintage estates. It was like packed. And I was standing like on the outside of one of the walls, not knowing what to do. You know? <laughs> I was I was very awkward. And I was standing next to this like groomsman guy. And so Ben figured out my name from one of the girls in the group. And without me knowing, he picked up his microphone and he walked it all the way over to me standing weirdly at the edge of the wall and he sets it down right in front of me looks me in the eyes and then he sang fat bottom girls to me to serenade me (laughs) and it's been history it was history ever since he was the one (laughs) i know i know but you asked so there (laughs) that's amazing and gutsy is he's very he's very gutsy you had not met before and that worked it worked. Okay. <laughs> it worked. He uh, found me on Facebook the next day. Okay. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm not dating this groomsman anymore. I'm dating Ben Flint. Oh. <laughs> and I went out on a date with him, and it was love. That's amazing. <laughs> it was bold. <laughs> How old was he at the time? So he would have been 22. Oh, so he's young, yeah, too. He's, he's a year older than me. That was our first uh, meeting. I love it. I asked him, like, why did you choose that song? And he was like, it was the next one in the set list. And he like didn't know what else to play. So that's what he played. And I'm like, well, it, it worked. I like that song. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Thanks. Is Ben going to be on this podcast at any point? Oh, gosh, you should get him in. Get him on. He's hilarious. Come on, Ben. I have more questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alyssa, tell us who or what turned your light on. I was scared okay. you're going to ask this because I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. So... The only thing that I can think to describe it is like my testimony is still happening. So I'm I'm not really sure like how I've gotten as far as I have. My mom and dad are Catholic and so they raised me Catholic. But when I got into my teenage grumpy years, I kind of dropped it and I didn't want to go to church and I wasn't interested. And so I protested waking up early on Sunday and I just didn't want to do any of that. I was not about it. There was even like a period of time I was definitely agnostic. You know, I was thinking like almost that it was like a fairy tale, a story. I was very skeptical, like, oh, the Bible is there just to keep the masses from turning to chaos. You know what I mean? Keep Keep, us all from anarchy. Right, keep the rules. And then sometime like end of high school, beginning of college, I had this friend who, she just started inviting me to church with her. I really liked it because it wasn't traditional. So like, I liked the music, I could actually connect to whatever the pastor was saying. And I, it just, it stuck so much better than what I had grown up with. I just started going more frequently, you know, whether my friend was going or not, I was still going. Mm. And it just kind of picked up and it really honestly helped moving here having Marta and Greg Aker invite us here. When we first moved to East Palestine, I didn't know, I didn't have a church yet. You know what I mean? I didn't know where to go. And so for like a little while, a few weeks, I didn't go anywhere. And I also had a brand new baby at the time. We started moving in days before she came, days before I went into labor. But Greg and Marta said, come to the Upper Room Fellowship and check it out. And I think you're going to really like it. And I did. And I was surprised 
at how family friendly it was here. Because here I am with a brand new baby and all she did was cry. Like her first whole year was just crying. She didn't stop. And I was so nervous. I'm like, oh, my child is gonna interrupt the service. Then when she started to like crawl and walk, she was like into everything and she didn't want me to hold her during the service. And so I started sitting in the back and I would just like let her go down on the floor and she wanted to like introduce herself to people even though she couldn't talk, but she would crawl up to them and stare at them. And just the fact that it was so easy and I didn't feel awkward or uncomfortable or like I was bothersome. It was like the perfect fit. And now I have four and they are all <laughs> insane. You know what I mean? I'm like, everybody sit down. <laughs> but really it's like the fact that if they wanna like get up and start dancing around, it's okay. I can see them get involved and not be, you know, shunned for it or without disrupting anybody. And it's, it's actually welcomed. We awesome. like you here. Yeah. yeah, and we like being here. It's our home church now. It feels great. Do you have a point in time where you, you know, you said when you were younger, you thought, eh, this Bible's just for a bunch of rules and regulations. And when do you notice that that shifted and you it became more of a relationship? I want to say, like, it was a very slow process. I'm still at the realization that it's like, I'm realizing now that if I use the Bible as a guideline, everything just seems to like happen more smoothly in my life. Yeah. You know, train derailment. We're kicked out of our house. And I'm like, how do I approach this? Well, for one, I am prone to terrible anxiety, but I just know like, okay, God's got it. Something's gonna happen. We're eventually going to find a place. I just feel comforted in knowing that it's out of my control and that shows me that God is in control and that I can just sit back and just like kind of watch the show of what's going to happen. It's still happening all the time. For example, one of the things that really stuck out to me was when I was pregnant with my third child, Elliot. I was so scared because I had a really rough labor with Archie, my second child. The third labor, I was planning to do it without an epidural, and I was going to a midwife center. And it was all the way in Pittsburgh, which was a terrible idea looking back at it. <laughs> but it, honestly, it was probably a good thing. God made everything hilarious. He made it all work out. I was extremely nervous. I had problems with the epidural for my second labor, so I knew I wasn't going to do that for my third. And I was really scared of the pain. I was praying furiously every day. God, please get me through this because I am so scared of the labor experience now. And man, did he. I prayed for a fast labor and Elliot came in the van and I never <laughs> even made it to the midwife center. And honestly, it was just, it was a magical experience. It, everything went smooth. You know what I mean? You wouldn't think that for like having a baby in the van. <laughs> it, went, it went great. My mom was back there with me. She caught the baby. It was... As Ben was driving? Yeah, he was going really fast. Okay. <laughs> we, I think we had the baby somewhere around like Robinson. It was maybe a 45 minute labor total. And Ben was like, you prayed too much. It came too fast. <laughs> he was like, ah. You know, he was driving and looking in, in the rear view. And he's like, hold up the baby. Can I see? Like, is it a girl or a boy? It was great. 
I, like, I just know, like, any time that I've been really, truly scared and I've prayed and I've worried and God's got it. Mm. And man, does he make it way better than what I would have made it. Got, like, way funnier, cooler plans. He's got a sense of humor. I know it. I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the, you're the first one on our podcast <laughs> from East Palestine <laughs> since the t- train derailment. Yeah. So what's that experience been like for you guys? Our experience of it, I... We were, like, visiting with my mother-in-law and father-in-law at our house. Everybody lives in town. Ben's parents live, like, two minutes away. My mom got remarried, and she also moved to East Palestine. She, like, married a man who already lived in East Palestine. It all just worked out. It, like, fell together so nicely. My mother-in-law and father-in-law were over. My husband was helping me, like, load groceries into the house, and he heard this really loud sound. Like, I have never heard anything like that. Well, we're talking, whatever, visiting. And then his mom goes back home. And she actually lives very close to the train derailment. And so she passed it. She passed the fire and everything on her way home. And she gave Ben a call. And she's like, I know what that sound was. And of course, Ben's like... I'm jumping in the car and I'm going to go take a look. And then he swings by and he picks up my stepdad, my mom's husband. He said it was huge, right? It was just massive. And our kids were already asleep at this point, so I was at home with them. But I could see the flames from my back window. And we like live a little over a mile away, but I could see the flames so high that it was over our trees in our backyard. It was insane. All night we were hearing like, you know, fire trucks and all of the first responders and people fixing the problem. Were you in the evacuation route? We were technically just outside of it. I was like 1.01 miles from the derailment. And the one mile mark was right along our, the outline of our backyard. So it was kind of in like the neighbor's backyard Mm. was the one mile mark. So my husband said, Let's stay up late. Let's see what they end up doing. They ended up evacuating the one mile radius. And he's like, technically, we're outside of that. Let's just stay here for the night and be prepared to leave if something goes awry. And nobody knew what was happening. So we were like, okay. I want to say like around 4.30 a.m. he wakes up because the smell in our house was so bad. Oh it was a weird chemical mixture. And he woke me up and he said, okay, Alyssa, get the kids and pile in the van. We gotta go somewhere. He's like, we can't let them breathe in whatever this is. We got everybody in the van and we drove to my dad's farm and we stayed there for a couple days. And then we, we floated. Then we went to like a hotel, which was comical. There were so many people in the hotels, it was hard to find anything. And Ben and I had to each like take a couple kids and then stay in different rooms. You take two, I'll take two. In the morning when you have to go to work, just pick them up and then bring them into my bed. You know what I mean? We made it work. Then for a while I stayed at my brother's house with the kids and then one of my kids got sick. My brother had just had a baby, you know what I mean? New baby. And I was like, I'm going back home at this point. They had just lifted the evacuation, so we went back home. And ever since then, we've been like at home for a little stint, an Airbnb for a little stint, and then back and forth, limiting the exposure to whatever it is we're exposed to. Ultimately, we want to find a new place. So if you're out there listening, we're praying them into Columbiana. 
Yeah. yeah. With land. With land. Yeah. I want sheep. Oh my gosh. I just think they are <laughs> the cutest things. My dad is a hog farmer, and I always tried to tell him, you should get sheep. <laughs> I was like, they're like, yeah, the hog. They're, um, they're smart and they're cute, but man, they smell. So I was like, let's, let's get sheep instead. I'm praying to God, and he always makes something cool happen. Yes. So confident. We look forward to having a moving day for you guys. Woohoo! Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be so cool. I feel like it would be really close. I could just like drive to my house and grab a piece of furniture and then drive to Columbia and like, a bunch back, back and, forth. and forth. So tell us, what lights you up? What lights me up? My kids. My kids light me up. Just seeing them grow and learn and just become who they are becoming. They've got like a serious side and a funny side. Margot particularly is like very interested in Jesus. She loves learning. So we read the Bible, kids' Bible. I don't I don't honestly think three now, just turned three. I don't think my three-year-old is quite getting it yet. <laughs> but Margot's six and I can see the gears turning yeah. and that lights me up. It's neat. So you were kind of raised as an only child almost. You had an older brother who was 10 years older than you. When you were little, did you know you wanted a lot of kids all close together? No. You were younger. <laughs> was so, idea. <laughs> oh, so we joked when we were like talking about getting married. Greg asked us, actually, Greg Aker asked us, like, how many kids do you guys think you want? And I was like, two. And Ben was like, six. And I was like, what? <laughs> we split the difference, yeah. you know, and we had them close together on purpose. Like we wanted to just have big, happy family. Ben and his brother are very close in age yeah. and they are like BFFs. Yeah. We wanted that for our children. Yeah, it's been great. Do you still teach yoga? That's a tough thing to answer. I <laughs> I teach Margo all the time. Do child's pose, lay down. No, um, I was teaching yoga up until a couple weeks ago. When we were like moving from our home to Airbnbs, I was like, this is too tough. It was really tough. We stayed for a little while in Perry, not exactly Perry, but close to Perry, Ohio, which is near like Lake Erie because Ben was working there. And then I decided to take a pause on the yoga classes. So it's been a few weeks since I've taught anything and I miss it, but it's just too much right now. It was really hard to try and figure out where am I going to be living and where's my yoga mat? You know what I mean? <laughs> and then like pack it all away and then figure out how to drive to the location and find a babysitter who was available. Everybody's relocating. So I can't be like, hey, grandma, could you take my four kids in your hotel room, please? <laughs> so <laughs> you know what I mean? It got, it got tough. But I think we'll probably get back at it as soon as we figure out what the future holds. It's more of a hobby, really, to me anyway. Like, I just teach to get out of the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? So oh, yeah. it's a commitment. If I make a commitment and I say to myself, okay, every Thursday I'm going to get out of the house for two hours to teach a yoga class, then I'll actually do it. But if I tell myself I'm going to go take a yoga class, then when I go to leave, one of the kids will cry and I'll end up staying and I'll miss the class. And I, So I have to like force myself to do it. It's smart. I like, I have to force myself into a hobby. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, but getting alone time yeah. for yourself, doing something you enjoy outside. And I really like, really love my regulars who like come in and I see all the time. Getting a chance to like hang out with my friends for a quick break. You know yeah. what I mean? 
and then torturing them with a terrible yoga class yeah. and, and feel the burn. <laughs> I don't teach a very zen class. <laughs> it's so intense. I am intense. I make it more athletic than peaceful. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like it. They keep coming. That's good. They, they have to like it. They keep coming. So talk to us about ballet. When oh. did you start doing that and what made you want to do it in college? And I, do you still do it? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would have the strength anymore, honestly. I started when I was like real little, four, maybe even a little younger than that. I like just everywhere I moved, my mom would find me a new dance studio. I'd like hop into this studio and I'd learn a little bit of a different way. And then she'd take me to a different dance studio and I'd like learn a new perspective on things. And by the time I graduated high school, I don't know why, but I just was like, I, that's what I wanted to do for a living. You know, even though I kind of realized you can't really be a ballerina forever. It's, it's very hard on the joints. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of a short-lived career choice. But LaRoche gave me a scholarship to dance with them. Yeah, I did it for a few years. Compared to, like, the other girls there at LaRoche, I was terrible. These other <laughs> girls were like, oh, my gosh, they were beautiful. Yeah, I, I worked really hard at it. We did it seven days a week, classes just 24-7. I basically lived off of Pop-Tarts. I don't know how I did that. I look back and uh, my main diet was Pop-Tarts. <laughs> somehow that gave me the energy to go on. And yeah, it wasn't until, you know, Ben never actually got to see me dance. Right before I met Ben, I ended up deciding that I was going to find more of a steady career kind of a job. Hence the HR. Yeah. I don't know why I picked that. I was just like, <laughs> oh, that sounds cool. <laughs> well, but it, it was good. It was good. I ended up doing payroll for a trucking company. I liked the math and stuff. I liked talking to people. It worked out. And now I see like my, my daughter is in gymnastics and I'm trying to do the same thing with my kids, get them into a hobby that they like mm -hmm. and then hope that it inspires them throughout the years and that they have fun with it. Um, so I have her in gymnastics and I actually had Archie and Elliot in jujitsu. Now they can kick my butt. Oh, so, <laughs> no more of that. <laughs> so tell us in this season of being a stay-at-home mom with four kids, six, four, three, one, right? Yeah. How are you letting your light shine? I don't know. This is a terrible <laughs> interview answer. <laughs> You're going to want to cut this. You would be surprised at how many people answer exactly the same way. Uh, yeah? Okay, so many it. people. How I do I know. let my light shine? Oftentimes, they just ask Beth to answer that for them. <laughs> you tell me. You tell me. I hope that I am a blessing to other people. I try to be, but I honestly don't know. Like, I'm, I can't name, like, one particular way that I'm a shining light for other people. Well, I, was it Mother Teresa that said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family? Yep. Well, I do do that. Was it Mother you Teresa? You do do that. I have so you're changing. Quote, I Somebody can fact check that. Do it, it not, might not be Mother <laughs> Teresa. Sounds good. But you are changing the world by loving your family. Mm -hmm. Well, that's very sweet. I have big plans. Tell for us about one them. day in the future. Tell us. Okay. I would. This is like just like a funny little dream that I've been having for a while. I kind of want to start 
one day, maybe when my kids are like all in school and I go back to like working a little bit, I kind of want to start like a business where I sell children's clothing and then take a portion of like what I can get and donate it to women's shelters. Women who are with their children and are put in a situation where they, they're a very unsteady situation and they need something. Mm -hmm. I would like to be able to be like, I can give you any outfit, go in here, pick clothes. I also have this idea in my head that I want to get backpacks, you know, like kids' backpacks or whatever kind of backpacks that I can get and fill it with things for like homeless people. Because, you know, like secondhand stores, if I open a secondhand store, I, I'm sure people will come in with like all sorts of backpacks that their kids are done using. And if I could just like fill it with peanut butter, blankets, toothbrushes, socks, and then donate that to whomever in Pittsburgh wherever that could use it. I think that would be a cool idea. It's just something that's always been in the back of my head. Are you saving all your children's clothes? I have so many of these <laughs> kids' clothes. It is getting to the point where they are like no longer in fashion anymore and it is not going to, like I couldn't even try to sell them at this point. But I do, I have, my whole attic is just filled with kids' clothing. If I move, I imagine that I'm actually probably going to have to somehow get rid of all of them. <laughs> I don't want to have to try and store those if we have to move. I love that you have plans. I have this vision in my head. I, I just do. can't make it to fruition. Like, I just have to, I have to get past, like, the toddler oh, stage. Totally. And then. It's a plan and a vision for another time. Mm -hmm. But I love yeah. that you have dreams going on. I mean, you have yeah. to know that some things are for the future. But I love that that's there. You know what actually put it, I think, in my head was when I was at La Roche, they did this like community outreach and every semester, I want to say, like it, they made it mandatory that you did some sort of volunteer work. And so I would sign up with this group. They like load all the kids up onto a bus and they take us into Pittsburgh. They literally just like drove around under bridges and wherever there was like a homeless group. We would go through all sorts of supplies, find them, you know, whatever they might need and just talk to them and see how they were doing. And it was... Honestly, I, I felt like there couldn't be enough done to really help them in their circumstance because mm. they were literally in the cold, under a bridge, getting by. You know, we would like bring pizza, whatever else we could. It just kind of inspired me, like, what can I do to help them? Because they're still there. Right now, as we speak, they're there. So it makes me kind of want to find a way to help. Right. If I can. It's so easy to live your life in your little bubble, but you get those moments of exposure and they are so eye-opening and life-changing when that topic, whatever the topic is, homelessness, right. like it, it doesn't become a topic anymore. It becomes like a face. Yeah. It becomes a person you've talked to and then everything changes. Then your brain starts going, what can I do? What can I do? And all the plans start. Right. I, it was life-changing. It was really cool that LaRoche did that, you know what I mean, and like set us up with that. But I don't know how I could go about starting something like that on my own, but I would love to. I'm good. I'm determined to once Harvey's not a toddler anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Once there's like a little bit of like, if I can get some sleep, I might be able to plan something. <laughs> uh, it was Mother Teresa. That oh, was good. her quote. And that was going to be my answer. Not the Mother Teresa quote, but if you would have said, I don't know how I'm letting my light shine. My answer for you, that totally would have been it. Mm. Your kids are amazing. 
such wonderful kids and your family is so beautiful and so solid and I appreciate being around you guys so much every time you're around your family just emanates you're laughing you're fun you're joyful your kids are awesome being around you guys you leave you're like man they are so cool they're super solid and you can tell that you enjoy each other we do Yes, yeah, we do. And even like you and Ben enjoy each other. You oh know, my like gosh, you, he is funny. Yes, but yeah, you he enjoy is so each great. other's company and you can just tell and you leave being like, that's a solid family. But you've made that. Oh, thanks. so Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm happy you see that because I do. I quietly scold the children all the time. <laughs> so I'm happy you say that. I'm like, be respectful. Don't pull anyone's hair. You know what I mean? Oh, I, lo- I love them. I mean, they're rambunctious. They are. But they're, they're great. Oh, they're hilarious. Yeah. They have Ben's personality and sense of humor, and it is great. They keep me on my toes all the time. You love your kids and how. You love Ben and how Ben loves you, and it's very obvious. Thanks. It is. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. You shared a couple of instances where you feel like a prayer was answered or God heard you, but I didn't know if you had an actually prepared story where you've mm-hmm. had a supernatural experience or felt like God showed up in a different way to you. I don't know. I guess all I can say is every time I've ever turned to prayer, prayed really heavily, like I'm really, because I, I try to pray every day, but if like, I, I like, mean it this time. <laughs> yeah, but if like, if I'm feeling like a, a lot of anxiety, anytime I felt like that, he has always answered, always solved the problem for me. Honestly, um, so there was Elliot in his birth. I, same thing for Harvey. I prayed again because I w- was still scared. I shouldn't have been. I knew better than to be nervous, but his labor was even faster. Were you in the car? No, I was at home. Oh. This is a funny, another funny story. Ben delivered that baby. We hadn't planned that. We wanted a home birth, but a midwife was supposed to come. And she, we called her when I was in labor and she had COVID. And she was like, I'm not coming. <laughs> She's like, go to the hospital. Oh <laughs> ben was like, I think I can handle this. And he did. He's like, Alyssa, let's get you in the hot tub. You know what I mean? We like set up a hot tub as like a, a blow up one as like a birthing pool. Yeah. I don't know. He did all the things. Okay. He took care of me. And that labor was only 30 minutes. It went great. But every time I get nervous over things like that. And Janine, because I was scared about, is the baby okay? Harvey was another crier. He cried for the entire first year of his life. And it started immediately because he was born. He was like born and then he cried ever since. Oh, like, is the baby okay? What is going on? Janine, Ben called her while I was in labor and she rushed over in the middle of the night and she had never even been to our house before. He's like, you know, go around the back and let yourself in and just trust that it's the right house. You'll, you'll know. You'll hear her in the basement. She came and she like gave us a checkup and everything. She was such a blessing. She like looked at Harvey. She looked him all over. We um, weighed him on my kitchen food scale. I was like, that's accurate enough, I guess. <laughs> Tied the umbilical cord with like some sanitized wax string that he had in the garage. And we cut the umbilical cord with some really sharp kitchen shears. And that was that. It was great. I tell you what, God really does have a sense of humor. Anytime I get nervous, God's right there with like, just wait. <laughs> I mean, wait till you I see got what you happens. covered. Yeah. <laughs> he makes it memorable. 
I don't plan on a baby number five because if oh. it goes any faster than the 30 minute mark. Oh my word. <laughs> I like sneezing. Funny and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Well, it's been so fun getting to know you and having you. you in. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to get Ben in here. Yeah, I'll ask him. You Whenever. guys would love him. He's a lot of fun. I look forward to it. If you need any parenting advice and you want to know how you can have a shiny, happy smile and keep laughing, even though you have four kids between six and one, invite. Do you go to coffee? Oh, yeah. I need <laughs> coffee. Invite Alyssa to coffee. <laughs> or bring her coffee and find out what her secret is. Some coffee. Yeah. <laughs> coffee is the secret. <laughs> That's all it is. I have one cup per child. Every time I have another child, I have my caffeine intake. <laughs> I, just, I don't know even how you function. I... Coffee, yoga, and Jesus. <laughs> Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye. Bye.